Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Grab life big. Okay, Go Bros, welcome to the Go Bro Room. I've got a great guest today, Mr. Mark Jackson from Henryton, Colorado, outside of Denver. So let's uh, get brutally authentic. Mark, welcome to the Go Bro Room. Hey, thanks, Pat. I appreciate it, man. It's a blessing, an honor, and a joy to kind of care and share as a newbie in the family, man, without a doubt. Yeah, welcome, welcome newbie in the family so why don't you give everybody like a five minute bio on mark jackson from the day you were born until today okay born in philly raised uh, on the east coast in jersey um love the water big swimmer went to college at hbcu little fort valley state middle georgia parents uh Dad was 43 when I was born, unfortunately passed when I was 17. Love him to death. He's, he gets smarter every year. I swear he gets smarter every year. It's amazing. Uh, mom was a homemaker. Wonderful. Uh, she's still with us and uh, spry and perky, perky as ever. I have three sisters, all younger than me, so I'm the, the big bro. Lovely, fortunately very married and love being so with a blended family of five children. Uh, two boys for bookends and three daughters in the middle. And uh, we do live uh, just outside Denver. My wife is a pastor in the United Methodist Church. So we moved here about three and a half years ago. My background is as a real estate appraiser. There's a great story behind that. But uh, started a firm. Average firm is 1.2 people. And uh, we went out and built a firm that with three licensed appraisers, 28 contractors, and doing a little over 2,000 appraisals a year. Um, sold that firm in 2004, got into information marketing, built investor comps online to provide real estate valuation training and data to investors domestically and what has become internationally. And just have a great time doing it. And um, I just finished my first Ironman this year. That was All right. Yeah, man. Um, love it. Already signed up for 2018, ready to do it all over again and uh, put in a new personal best. But just, you know, love the opportunity to care and share and uh, joining the GoBundance group uh, as a result of my sponsor, uh, Steve Hatcher, who's just a phenomenal guy. Actually, um, I've got to give him a shout out. We just uh, posted a couple of new deals and Steve was the one to snatch them up and help get them funded. So, so good stuff there. Just a way to help folks grow their, uh, their resources, creating a bigger plan B. Uh, so we, you know, just get out, getting out of the rat race, that type of thing. So great shout out to Steve. So that's me again, uh, loving life and having a great time, man. Um, just hoping to be a blessing to 
guys in the group. Well, wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, let's jump right into some uh, nitty gritty then. The first question on the one sheet and the most important one is, what percentage are you, Mark? Well, just straight out, I've been in our dialogue, I'm right at 900%. So, um, whoa, <laughs> that is nice. 900%, guys. Listen to that. 900%. So, let's let's dig into that a little bit. Um, okay, sure, first sure. of all, you know, in order to get to 900%, generally it takes two things it takes offense and defense. And most, a lot of GoBros, you know, have poor defensive strategies and they're and or average or moderate defensive strategies and expenses are quite high which is okay it's not right or wrong it's all dependent on where you want to be percentage wise but you're 900 percent let's talk defense what are your uh, monthly expenses as a family you got five kids i mean i would think your (laughs) expenses are high right or no no, no. All the kids are out of the house. Our youngest, uh, we're very proud to, of course, say that uh, he is a cadet, third-year cadet at the uh, United States Military Academy at West Point. So I can assure you that probably took us from 500 to 900 by itself. <laughs> but um, uh, we are empty nesters, and uh, we basically live, I guess what you refer to as just debt-free. Um, we, don't, we don't owe anything. And so... Um, because of just some of the advents of what we're able to do, lifestyle that's created through the businesses, our uh, basically our household runs on about four thousand dollars a month. So that'd be a thousand a week. So, you know, I could see that happening. Your house is paid off. I guess you have you know some simple things like taxes and insurance on the house still. Mm-hmm. Cars are paid off, so you got yep. car insurance, but you could run those through the business. So you really got groceries and going out to dinner and a, a vacation or two, right? And yeah. that's it? Movie, a movie every now and then, something like a that. A movie every now and then. <laughs> Matinee only, I guess. I do, I do have date nights. I do have date nights, so we got to get those in. And you go out, it's the early bird special, right? You know? <laughs> uh, yep, yep, Tuesday for five bucks, man. <laughs> Damn. Um, all right, so you got some killer defense there. I love that. Um, let's talk about the offense. So, you got a bunch of lines of horizontal income. Um, let's talk about them one at a time. Sure. First of all, rental properties. What, uh, what, do you, what do your rental properties look like? So we've got 17 um, over in the um, South Crescent outside of Atlanta. Um, started building that portfolio back in 2004. And so some of those were acquired as HUD properties. Uh, a good number of them were subject to the existing financing, so we didn't have to take out any debt on our own to do those. And um, several of those are already paid for um, over time. I mean, we're talking that's been 13, 14 years. So uh, that's what that portfolio looks like. We have property management in place, so I'm not knocking on doors, collecting rents, doing anything. What's uh, the average rent, would you say, on those 17 units? Uh, most of them are between 1100 and 950 um, right quick. Obviously, I can go back and double check, but most of them are, are close to a thousand bucks. And are these houses, yeah. townhouses, condos? What are they? They're all single family, no townhome. Don't, you know, uh, but if you had to sell them today, what would one sell for? On average, about a hundred. Yeah. Okay. So that meets the one percent rule, then basically, right on. Yep. Yep, right? yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So you got 17 houses. What else you got going? 
So we have our information marketing business, which is Investor Comps Online. So Investor Comps Online does a couple of things. We do put on events a couple of times a year to fill our coaching program. But predominantly, it is a um, training program as well as subscription service. So obviously, if you buy one of our trainings to learn how to do REO deals, every single thing in there uses Investor Comps Online. Um, who the buyers are, who the sellers are, how much the comps are, um, all the data you really need to have the backside. And the only way you can really use the training is to go use your investor comps online report. So you've got to keep your subscription month after month after month after month. And how much is it? So we have um, two basic plans. Uh, one is a one-off that's just 19 bucks, but uh, $49.97 for about five reports and then $99.97 for 15 reports monthly and that just kind of hits the card month after month after month after month. Okay, so let me get let me, let me understand this as somebody who's, you know, one of our members is driving down the road, right? They don't have time to google it or go online look. Sure. So, let's say I'm an investor and I'm not a real estate agent, I don't have access to MLS. Right. I'm thinking about buying this house cuz I'm an investor, comps, yes. looking for comps online. There you go. What what do you like what are you doing like are you providing a you're barking up. How the is right it proprietary? Tree. Like, because Zillow, the Zillow doesn't do comps, right? Or who who does? Does Redfin do any of those guys do comps? No, I mean they put some data out, but we all know that you know Redfin, Trulia, Zillow. I mean, those are those are basically lead generation models. So yeah, they put data out there that's supposed to be comparable sales. But I mean, even a homeowner can say what they think the value of their home is on Zillow. So you know, how reliable is that? So we actually have a data partner that populates all the data. So we're in all the major markets across the country, as well as, you know, we, of course, we do Hawaii. We also have Alaska. We have the non-disclosure states like Texas, New Mexico, Idaho, stuff like that. Um, but we're providing who the current owner is, um, what the legal description on the property is, what's the transfer history, who's had it, you know, for the last 10, six, seven, eight years. Um, and then, all, you know, the best states we provide the mortgage company that actually had the principal balance of the mortgage when it was taken out. So now you can see if, if it's a FHA loans, a VA loan, if it's just a standard conventional loan, you can see what the principal balance is. So again, you can tell if they put down 10%, 20%, you can see how much they pay for the house. And then you get a whole list of comparables based on an algorithm that best matches that subject property. So in some cases, you know, again, you may have a property that's a little bit larger in terms of square footage and acreage. Well, the comparables just may very well may be, you know, two, three miles away. Obviously, in your standard subdivision or neighborhood, the comps are going to be one point, um, one tenth of a mile, six tenths of a mile, eight tenths of a mile. It's going to be. But I guess exact. the question is, are you are you subscribing to all the MLSs? No, 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 no. I have well, a how, data. How are you getting all this? Right. So I have a data partner that um, sends out abstracts. They grab it all through Black Knight, and it just populates right into my computer database. But don't you need the MLS to get comps? No. You're pulling no. it from the tax record. We're pulling directly from the tax record. So but the tax record's not giving you, you know, whether you know it, it used heavy-duty nails on the deck and the, whether back to a highway or not. Like, how are you? No, so obviously we have a we have a we combine a mapping system with the data, so you can actually see the physical residence where it's located, where the comparables are located uh, next to it, and again you can see who the buyers and sellers are, which is really cool because you may get a you may get a sale 
that's, you know, 67,000, you might get a sale that's 120,000. We need to know the difference as to why the transaction are. One might be a foreclosure, the 67. It might be a short sale. Um, the 123 may be actually an arm's length transaction. So you can really make a full analysis of what is your comparable that would best suit your acquisition, your buy into the unit. And then you can always see what's going to be the after repair value, how much you can remarket it for. Because we don't look at just value. We teach what's the best acquisition point and what's the best position to resell the property. We want you to be able to look at both of those sets of data while you're analyzing the deal right out the bat. Wow. And what about rental history? No, no, we don't do rental history. That's, you know, you're going to have to communicate with, you know, a rentometer.com or some of the other resources out there. So you can see. Rentometer? Rent yeah, rentometer.com okay. is a great resource out there where you're trying to see what other rents are happening on apartments, houses, condos, whatever, whatever the case. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. That, that, that's fascinating. Okay. So that's cool that you were an appraiser and then, and then you went into that. All right. So, you know, we were talking about horizontal income. I was fascinated by it. So it's, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to know. So what do you make now? I know that you're still involved in that. So I know there's a piece of this that's vertical and a piece horizontally. Let, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the horizontal first. The subscriptions, what are you making off of the subscriptions? So we do about 11 net. Well, about, about 10 net per month after expenses on the subscriptions. On the subscriptions. Right. And then you do flips too, right? Right. We do flips. Yep. 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 We've done a bunch of those this year. And like how, uh, how, many, how much will you make a month on average on the flips? So I think we were looking at about a buck 80. So somewhere around 15 a month on flips. Okay. All right, guys. So listen to this. So in case you're wondering how he got to 900%, he just spelled it out there. If you didn't get it, rewind it. But basically flips 15 grand, 10,000 on a subscription model, which he doesn't touch, right? For right. People paying 49 bucks a month and then 17 rentals. So we got past that. And of course, the, the most important part is the four G's, which is the massively defensive frugal living that Mark does. When you see him, he's going to be uh, wearing flip-flops and, and a Mexican poncho because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Yeah, hasn't bought new clothes in six years. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> but, um, all right. So let's go to the vertical income. Be careful, so, be careful what you say, Pat. <laughs> now he's, now he's going to show you're, up in a suit. You're exposing suit. me just a little bit too much. <laughs> he's going to show up in a suit. Now he's going to be all insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk. I, let's talk. I have on. I'm trying to think how old the jeans I have on right this morning. <laughs> He's wearing bell bottoms. He's wearing Jordan <laughs> jeans right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> oh my god! All right, uh, all right. Let's talk vertical. So, yep. like, what do you make? Like, you go into, you have an office, or is it all virtual? This this comps online company. What's your company look like that that you're, you know, working day to day? Exactly. So, yeah, completely virtual. Uh, I use a number of um, uh, independent contractors. We use Upwork as our platform to engage them. A lot of guys are familiar with that. Um, and then I do have an executive operations manager that's out of Canada. 
And so she kind of makes sure that everything's functioning there. But she's also, she's actually, um, I guess, what you refer to as exempt. So she doesn't work on an hourly basis, but she's still on Upwork. So she gets a flat rate every single week that goes through that model. So that's basically the structure. We've got uh, programmers. I've got an infu two, two Infusionsoft people and uh, someone who does websites and a couple of VAs over in the Philippines. And my programmer is actually out of the Ukraine to kind of keep some of the back-end PHP stuff, um, deeper WordPress coding stuff going on. So that's kind of how we function. And the beautiful part about it is that a number of those team members actually carry over from the information marketing side with Investor Comps Online to um, our America's Discount Home Deals with actually is where we populate and put up um, just basically the residential real estate development side. All right, we're going to talk about that next. So does the company, other than if you take out the continuity, right, does the company make a profit or, and, and how? Right. So, and you're talking about the, the flip side, the residential development side or the investor comps online side, which one? Investor comps online. Right. So investor comps online up and beyond the continuity side, we do have products and then we do a good bit of coaching in oh, that I business. See. Okay. So the coaching is a six month model. Um, we do what we refer to just by name, VIP and entrepreneur. Um, we do, because of the relationships that I have, we actually offer some funding for those students that engage. The um, VIP is 35000 and the entrepreneur is 20000 And so I work with them in a virtual environment. We coach once a week, guide them through their projects, stuff like that, and just you know, show them how through their one wealth-building model, you know, buy two, sell one, buy two, sell one. Um, you don't want to just be stuck in wholesaling and flipping because that's that's a job. That's not creating you know a long-term wealth model. So, um, and you know, I guess I mean I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of energy for it, and really kind of helping folks guide. How, and, how many and, people do you have in that? So uh, very very personal. Never more than a dozen at any any particular time. That's um, yeah. You don't. I mean, and so what what would you say your profit is on that on the coaching business and and that the rest in that company well, the, the coaching business probably about 20 percent um mainly because i do give them a number of hours so when i you know when i calculate my hourly rate and then the overhead to actually do the events to put it on it's probably about 20 percent. i'd have to go back and check a report 20 percent what what do you mean net on the income to me so if we're doing let's say we're doing three students and we put out you know that's a hundred thousand dollars i probably would net about 20 just because when I mean just pure income, when I'm talking about after I calculate the hours and time I put into it and, and but maybe yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. to see them because I travel to go see them. I travel to go see the projects they're working on. So all that cost has to come out of uh, the coaching student as well. I see. Okay. And then, then lastly about the, the development side where you're helping people, what you just mentioned, helping yeah. people develop. Yeah. Tell me about that. So that's pretty cool. So what we'll do it's kind of cool because actually some of the students will source deals for us as well. But I work with some hedge funds. I do HUD house, stuff like that. So I'll identify a project, um, really kind of just kind of being transparent. Um, let's just say we find a deal. We can get it for $40,000. Let's say it will remarket for, you know, 100 after about $20,000 investment. Okay. Well, I'll turn around. I'll make that a $70,000 deal. I'll take a $10,000, you know, finder's fee, whatever the case may be do the renovation, put it back on the market. 
we'll bring in a funding partner, maybe pay them 10%, 12%, so they can actually uh, recognize some income on the short-term lending aspect. And then we'll have a little net left over that will be profit from the flip as well. So we'll, you know, we'll make money coming and going. We'll make money on the acquisition because we're going to bump it up a little bit in terms of um, uh, putting it to work, the deal itself. And then we'll take some profit on the back end when we sell. So nothing different from anyone else would do, but a lot of folks get to participate in that transaction, including a funding partner that we would do the lending on it. Um, in addition to that, we'll do long-term deals. So we've got units that are more suited based on location, valuation, the demographics of the market area, that would be lending opportunities for rental property. So we'll put those out. Same thing, we'll market up a little bit, uh, and then it'll start cash flowing month after month after month. So we'll pay an interest only um, rate on that one, plus do a shared equity at either 24 months or 60 months when it sells. So the funding partner will earn an ongoing interest only income, but their yield at the end of the transaction will wind up being about 12%, probably ROI somewhere between 23 up to about 28% when it's all said and done. So those, that's another model. We also do a 120 month deal where basically that's really cool because those are deals where we'll offer 10% on the lending partner uh, for 120 months, but it's amortizing, it's interest and principal, okay? But that's one's really great for the grandkids or other family members or students you're trying, or children you might be trying to build a fund for them for their education because you put 25,000 in, you get 40 out. So, and it's just in time for them to go to school or whatever the case may be. So and we'll and do how a, long? Uh, yeah, holding in how long? 120 months. So that's 10 years, 120 months. Okay, you said that, yeah. 10 yep, years. That's yep. pretty and, cool. And so the flip side on that one is there's not, much, there's, there's not much cash flow in that one, but essentially, obviously, because it's fully amortizing, at the end, I have a unit that's free and clear. So um, that might be something I'll keep but in mind. For the investor, it's illiquid for 10 years. Pardon me? It's illiquid for them for 10 years. Essentially. That's they correct. That's correct. That's correct. But it's paying, uh, you know. It's paying debt service, taxes, insurance, maintenance, everything. Yep. yep. That's, that's fascinating. Okay. So if I, if I lumped, every, uh, lumped everything on your horizontal income together, it comes to like 375 grand a year, maybe 400. If I lump everything on your vertical income, well, the things we just talked about, right? That where yep. you're treating time for money. Yep. What would that net out to be about? I got it, man. Come on. Roughly. Roughly. I mean, we're trying to get, I mean, we're getting close to six and some change, that type of thing. Okay. All, so all, all almost a million dollars. So you're not making seven figures yet net, uh, but you're close. No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And I got a big ass goal too. So you're right. You're right. You're around the corner. It's uh, you can see it. All right, cool. So let's get into, let's shift gears here. Let's get into health. Sure. What do you weigh? 181. What do you I'm want six, to weigh? Six feet tall. Oh. Six feet tall. Okay. Six feet tall. What? Well, man, you know, I'd really like to lean that up a little bit. If I could do about a 173, 174, that would be sexy. And what's your body fat? I'm about 8% right now. Eight? Yeah. 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 With 8% body, I mean, I, you would look like, you know, if you lose weight with 8% body fat, I mean, you're going to look sick. Yeah, I got a big not, butt. Not, not in a good way, in a bad way, you know? I got a big butt, man. It's all back there. So Really? <laughs> you don't have much room. I mean, you're at 8% body fat, you know. I gotta get <laughs> what are you going to do? Go to six? I mean, I, 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 that's crazy. What, what, 
I don't think that's possible. What, um, without being ill. So what do you do? How do you like, how do you work out? Talk to me about that. Man, I just love, I got a coach. I'm on a team. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I was 206 last, last Christmas. So. Oh, um, okay. Good yeah, for you. So you dropped 26 pounds. It was, it, was a, it was a wonderful 26 to lose. How? I swam, I ran, and I cycled my ass off. <laughs> Which triathlon did you just do? Pardon me? Which triathlon did you just do? Yeah, I, I did the full Ironman. Uh, Ironman, yeah. June 20th. So 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a marathon. And I had never done any of those before. Ever. Which one did you do? A boulder in Colorado. Boulder. Wow. And a bunch of GoBundance guys are trying to get together to do Kona. Yep. That's the goal, man. That is the absolute goal. Are you going to go? Yeah. That is the absolute goal. I, my goal is to get there for 2019. I'm going to do Boulder. Uh, my last year, my bib was 1346. So the goal is to come in less than 13 hours, 46 minutes in 2018. Should be a very attainable goal. And then uh, 2019, I'm probably with my coach, I'll look at a couple of units, a couple of different races, probably want to do a two to three to see if I can't qualify for Kona in 2019. That's the I didn't know you had to qualify. Yeah, in my age group, I'd have to finish within you know, three or four in my age group to qualify. You can, you, know, you can sign up and try to get in lottery-wise, but I, I want the sure thing. I want to qualify and know that I got a number. Yeah, if you're going to travel out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so um, what do you eat? Like, what's your diet like? So I'm pretty much a, I'm pretty much a pescatarian, I guess you would say. Uh, lots of vegetables. I do enjoy seafood. Um, so I'll do salmon. I'll do halibut. I'll do mahi-mahi, tilapia, stuff like that. Shrimp, um, some crab here and there. Um, but uh, lots of uh, lentils. So we'll get a lot of protein from lentils. And then just a variety of vegetables. Um, of course, I, like this morning, we did oatmeal with walnuts and almonds. And then we added blackberries on top of that with banana. And so did have some caffeine, had a cup of coffee and orange juice. Pumping down vitamins every day. I take a you know, variety of uh, vitamins in terms of some, you know, getting some extra spirulina in my system. Trying to keep a lot of green in there, iron, vitamin C. I do take... Uh, B6 to manage fluid. That's just hereditary. I get a lot of, I do get some fluid buildup around my ankle. So I like to keep that to a minimal. And uh, let's see. So vitamin C, vitamin B6, vitamin C, multivitamins. And then I take a B complex as well. How many vitamins do you take every day? Right now it's about, if I had to, the total is 15. Damn. Vitamin yeah. boy. Yeah. So I take <laughs> three times a day. No, you take, I take vitamins three, three times a day? Three times a day. I have a, I, I, there's this thing called ID, ID Life that my cousin introduced me to a few years ago. So you do your portfolio and they actually send you uh, your, your own profile of vitamins. So there's a morning, an afternoon, and an evening. So I take that and then I add to it the vitamin C, extra vitamin C and the B6. So there you go. There you go. Beautiful. Good. Thank <laughs> you for the explanation. Let's, um, Let's get into some, some goal planning here and some appreciation of the past. Uh, I want to do your uh, greatest hits. As you uh, know, every, every um, musician that is anybody famous has a greatest hits album. I want to know what Mark's greatest hits album is. What, 
what are the five things that uh, you would say are the were the most poignant moment moments of your life so far? Yeah, but I'd say first was really discovering my faith. You know, I had mom that you know talked about Christ and stuff like that, but had two grandfathers that were pastors, so that was. But you still have to discover it for yourself. And then second to that was really being exposed to the commandments and really this idea that um, there's only one commandment that has a condition. Uh, the other ones are do and so on and so forth. But the fifth commandment, to honor thy mother and thy father so that your days will be long. Um, that, that's a condition. So it, it really, it, not only did we discover for myself, but I discovered how important it is to teach that to my children, to my nieces, to my nephews, to the family members you come involved, you come in contact with, because there's a great, there's a significant and distinct value in having a child in a youth or even as an adult to really understand that that is so significant because it does have that condition. Did you? Did, yeah, that that I never heard it put like that. Did you read the Blue Zones? No, no, Blue Zones. What is that? No. Uh, the Blue Zones is basically a guy that went and sought out in the world where all the centurions are. Okay. People that are over 100 years old. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there were like seven Blue Zones, and he traveled to each Blue Zone for like a month and did a sociological study on said Blue Zone. And the funny thing, or not funny, but the fascinating thing about what you just said, yeah. one of the key components of the Blue Zones was that the grandchildren and great-grandchildren totally respected the elders and came and visited them and spent time with them every day. Wow. And, you know, these are places like remote, very most, all were remote except for a Seventh-day Adventist uh, group out of Utah. But all, other than that, they were all outside of the United States. And, and, and most of them were in like remote little villages, you know, where a lot of walking was done. So the, the grandkids would go to work or school and walk over and see grandma and grandpa. Um, but it totally ties back to what you said. And then the author states clearly in the book that that was one of the main things that like, people get old and then they feel, I don't know, I guess, lonely, deserted, or just don't have any, you know, excitement to as much as they had before in their lives to live for. And if they have all their family, their extended family, everything that they've built, basically coming, appreciating them every day, it makes them live longer. There you go. Wow. That, that, well, uh, get me in the blue zone, baby. I've got two grandsons. All of a sudden, the new map's going to come out. It's going to show Henryton, Colorado. There you go. There you go. Because I love right. I have two grandboys. I love them to death. So it's good stuff. All right, um, what else you got? So um, those are two things. A um, couple others. One, it, just being transparent. I, I'm going to give the couple things. So I, I was at a real estate closing on my first home, and that's when I first was at the table, saw this 20-page document, legal document, all these picture stuff on it. And um, I, I turned to my wife. I said, I have no idea what this is, but I could do it. And it turned out it was the appraisal. So I really refer to that as a divine intervention moment. If I can go back a few years before that, um, I met a young man that was talking about he had just gone to this school and just some of the success. It was the early 90s, and I'd already gone and done my undergraduate degree, but that was before PC, stuff like that. And so he said he went to DeVry University. And um, that just really, what he said struck me. 
and it was for adult learners, stuff like that. So I actually went back to school at 30 and did my accounting degree. And, but at the moment he said that again, divine invention, I could see myself walking across the stage again, getting another <laughs> degree and, and the stuff that would come from it. So those are things that are really significant moments, those divine intervention moments. Yeah, right. Uh, the other, the last thing is um, because I have a blended family, I was married early, um, was very fortunate to become a dad, but wasn't really quite ready. So for lack of a better phrase, my resistance uh, of that condition uh, really caused me to lose my first family. Um, was very fortunate met my wife, Lynn, and, you know, two things. One, I mean, she had a, Lynn's uh, children at the time were seven and 12. My kids were coming out of high school. So <laughs> um, the beauty of that bond that we created in marriage was that I was able to do elementary school, middle school, applying for colleges and all that kind of stuff. So I got to experience what was the fullness of life. But the real thing that's unique about that is this. I may not have engage with my mate with the intention of creating a life, with the love that surrounds that experience to say, yes, we want to create a life together. But what I can say is that I know what it feels like to want to. It's a very, it's, I think it is a, a, a moment that if when you have your, your family unit and you're able to engage and teach and have dialogue and share a child that is created in love in a family. It's a very different dynamic that they take on into their lives. Oh yeah. So like Jim Rohn used to say, you know, sins of the father don't just affect the kids, but they affect the generation after that, the generation after that, yep. the generation after that, and the generation after that. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you don't. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So those those are the things that if those were the greatest hits, I, I, I really that that I that unique dynamic of being engaged with a partner and a mate with the intention that you know that you love each other enough that you want to create a life together is a very, very special thing. It it is a very, very special thing. That's awesome, dude. Well, I can tell you're massively in love and uh you got it going out you got the you got the authentic relationship pillar figured out for sure so. well thank you. thank you thank you thank you awesome well let's wrap this up with uh one last question and that is this mark pick one bucket list item that uh, you want to create or make happen before you die what is it oh man can i do two yeah sure <laughs> yeah All right. so one is um one is a, is a real business goal. Um, with Investor Comp Salon, because of its subscription nature base, my goal, my real bucket list thing with that is I really want to work it up to a million dollars a month in gross sales. That, that is something I really, really am striving for, putting in the model, and Lord knows I can still use help with it. Um, I've spoken it for years, uh, and now we're at that point where we really want to bring it to fruition. That's one thing. The other thing is this is this Ironman bug has really, 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 really gotten to me. So um, the goal is to set the record for the oldest finisher in Kona. Right now, that's 83. And I'm 
28 years away from that. But <laughs> that's the goal. I figure it's probably going to get bumped up a little bit, so I've got to go 30 years. So I figure at 85, I, I may have a good chance of setting the record for the oldest finisher at Kona. Now, there's a deeper level to that because I want to celebrate my 50th wedding anniversary. And so that'll happen when I turn 92. So I figure whatever we do now shows up 10 years from now. So I want to be engaged in this activity um, that will allow the, the, the muscles, the limbs, you know, just give the vessel the opportunity to get to one goal, which will take me to the next. So those are the two things. I'm obviously far more excited about celebrating the 50th wedding anniversary than, than the former one. I just kind of stayed them in that order. But those are the two things that I really would love to jump and holler at the top of the trees as bucket list items. I love them. I love them, man. They're both awesome goals, and uh, I can't wait for you to, to. I can't wait to watch you watch you hit them both. So, <laughs> thank you for me on the side. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. All right, Mark. Well, listen. Look forward to seeing you uh, out in Steamboat, and uh, uh, great catching up with you. Oh, it's a pleasure, Pat. Thank you for leading these and guiding us. Certainly, all of us are grateful to you for putting together these podcasts. It couldn't be more beneficial to the group overall. Thank you for being the blessing that you are. Grab life big. <laughs> <laughs>